We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside Permission Granted Podcast number 112. If you want to get the PGP, it has its own iTunes feed. As we always remind you, go to iTunes and search Permission Granted. You'll see the podcast there, Our Four Ugly Mugs, and you can subscribe for free. Remember also, if you subscribe to the DA show on iTunes to get the normal show, then fear not because the PGP is on there as well. And Sunday Morning Football is on there as well. So if you subscribe to the DA show's podcast feed, you're getting everything on iTunes. All right, Mraz joins me now. And Mraz, uh, on tomorrow's show, we're going to have the great Vern Lundquist join us. And it got me thinking how I'm going to be bummed when Vern is gone. And I don't feel this way about announcers usually. I mean, Vin, I'm bummed out, but I don't get to often hear him. That's that's the difference. That Vern is on the national level where, you know, if you were in L.A., of course, you're probably devastated right devastated. now. Where you're respectfully bidding farewell nationally to Vin, but, yeah, I don't think the devastation hits anybody the way a Vern would because he's in your living room there every Saturday. I won't be devastated, but the SEC, and I think Nestler's going to be very good, it's a professional. But Nestler can't be Vern, which is just this oversized personality, Uncle Vern persona. I mean, we'll never say it's Uncle Brad. No, Vern is the uncle at every holiday, at every family party that you gravitate to because you know he's going to be the good time. I wish I had an uncle that was that nice. Right. He's going to be, he's a sweetheart. He makes you laugh. And then when you're, you know, basically, if you find something funny, he has no problem laughing, and his laughter lights up the whole room. When he calls a game, and this is so, I don't know, cliche to say, like, you feel like he's sitting right next to you on the couch. I don't I don't think that's a stretch. At least that's the way I feel when I watch an SEC on CBS game. It's also part of the fabric of the game. Part of the reason that I love the SEC on CBS is, A, because the SEC is its own world. And you have these big personalities and big teams and big stadiums and big fan bases. I just love that. It's also so different from what we've grown up with here in New York. I mean, you and I are are from the area, and that thing is so foreign that I love it. I absolutely love it. And Vern is part of that, and he, he just is the perfect fit that it's wild to think that he's only been doing it since 2000. Right, which is really remarkable because... I mean, I definitely started watching college football at least in 95. Now, that probably is dating myself a little too young. But, yeah, I feel like he's been a part of it my whole life watching college football. 2000 is not that long ago. Not at all. And it's just hard to imagine the SEC being broadcast 
without Vern on it. But, I mean, there was Keith Jackson, and there's been some – I mean, Musburger was excellent as well. But just Vern has become this part of why the SEC on CBS, that 330 window, is just – I don't know. It's compelling, man. Yeah, and you know what's great, too? He's not one of these guys – and this is very rare for national – broadcasters because you can go down the line Joe Buck, you know, even Al Michaels to an extent, anybody in the NFL. And, and this happens with college football where have you ever watched a game Vern Lundquist has called and walked away to social media because he's been an announcer of this whole age of social media and saw a fan base basically act as if Vern was one-sided in the call? Because even when most announcers aren't, a lot of fan bases have no problem jumping on a national play-by-play guy and feeling as if they, you know, oh, can Vern be rooting for Alabama any harder? That doesn't happen with Vern Lundquist. And I think that says something about him, especially with all the rivalries that exist in the SEC. I, n- I never felt like he was slanted one way or the other on a game, but in advance of having him on the show tomorrow, I did I did a lot of reading about him, and apparently that's a thing that does happen, that people are angry at Vern after games for being one-sided. Oh, see, I didn't even realize that did happen because I, I usually look for that kind of stuff. I haven't really seen much of that on Twitter. Apparently he is polarizing. Who knew? I Who knew? I have never walked away from a game even questioning anything. I agree. I think it's because the SEC is a bunch of psychopaths. You know, it's like, wow, it's that intense. You should have stopped me before I went on that whole (laughs) two-minute diatribe on it. But I let it go because I feel the same way. I've never heard a game where I thought that he was slanted one way or the other. No, and you know what else is good about his his games, too? Usually, if you're watching the NBA or even the NHL or whatever, you're two and a half hours in and out, even if it's Harlan, Marv, anybody like that. NFL is usually three hours. I mean, some of these games Vern have called have been three and a half, four hours long. I mean, the A and M, the A and M Tennessee game might have been five hours. Crazy because I watched the whole first half. I tweeted, I watched the whole first half of that game at home. Took an hour train ride into Barclays Center, had dinner, saw a warm up back for a concert, went to check my phone before the main act, and that game was still going on, which is just mind boggling. But for the most part, you can get Vern in there on a Saturday, three and a half, four hours. That's a large chunk of time. He's essentially in your living room on a weekend when you think about it. I think also part of it is that the SEC came of age as a national powerhouse type of dynamic for two reasons. Number one, the BCS itself made the SEC relevant because somebody had to play for a national championship, and they were almost always in the mix. Yeah, and their amazing run of how many national championships in a row. Right. If, If it was just the AP national championship, maybe we wouldn't pay attention as much, but you had to pay attention to who's going to come out of the SEC to see if they went to that game. And then number two, being broadcast on CBS in that window, elevated its profile. So the SEC over the last 10 years, because of the success and because of the profile of it and because of all the players and Heismans and everything like that, became its own league in a lot of ways. It's a little bit like its own league. And then Vern became the voice of the league as it developed into that. Right. And so him going away is almost like, gosh, it's the end of the SEC kind of having that group of people bring it to where it is right now. Yeah, and you know what's interesting about that too? In that window specifically, because I know when I sit down to watch a college football Saturday, if you will, it's almost like you've seen the evolution, at least over the last couple of years, where other networks kind of tip their cap to the SEC and the CBS coverage, where, of course, you'll get a pretty big game on ABC, if you will, and there's games all day long on ESPN or whatever, but for the most part, other networks try to spin their games, like ABC, ESPN will always try to put maybe their two best games on at night, 
and and almost in kind of many ways gotten out of the way of the SEC at 3.30. It's just like the 4.25 NFL game. Right. It's like America's game of the week. Now, that's not to say you'll never get a good game at 3.30 ABC because, I'm sure, you know, there are. There definitely are. But for the most part, like, that's the SEC's window, and it's really evolved to that where if there's any other big game of the day, ESPN or ABC or any of those covered, they're going to make sure that game's on at night to not get trounced in the ratings by the SEC. And it means something when your team is in the 330 window. It's, it's like Sunday night football in the NFL. It's the way that I would imagine Monday night football used to be in the 70s. Right. Where it was like, wow, we're on Monday night this week. We, we, we get to see our team on Monday night. That's the way that game is. So my question is, I think Nestler's a pro's pro, and he'll call a really good game. Here is a question that's weird, but I think it needs to be asked. Vern, at this point in time, has been doing this for 54 years as a broadcaster. Cowboys for a long time. Yeah, NFL, the Dallas Cowboys. He was actually the voice of the Cowboys on radio, or one of the voices, for nearly 20 years, from the 60s through the 80s. Amazing to think about. And now he's had a 20-year career doing this, and there was like 20 years in between. So, Vern doesn't hit every name correctly. Oh, of course not, no. Vern lapses on some calls but it's part of the charm. Do you think that Nestler, who's not going to botch anything, will actually make for a less enjoyable broadcast because you look forward to the goofiness of maybe making a few mistakes? I do think so, and I think that comes with the territory of college football and specifically this because what we're talking about with the length of game. They do a good job of avoiding baseball's problem with like pace of play, if you will. But let's face it, with all the clock stoppages every first down – and everything that happens in a college football game, you need a little of the Vern silliness that goes along with it, and I think it, it keeps the pace going. Yeah. If Nestler is too by the book, never botching everything, and and not at least making fun of him, it's like Vern was very good at laughing at yeah. himself. Yeah, I got to say, as good and sharp of as a broadcast as it may be, it actually might be less enjoyable because of that. Yeah, there's something about the Saturday SEC landscape that's like, you know, you're – you're hanging out, you're having beers, you're partying, right. and it's the SEC. It's like football in the South. And Vern captures that because it's going to get sloppy a few times. And he is the, right. he's the definition of sloppy. Yeah, there's going to be a few moments where like somebody spills a beer on you. There's going to be a few <laughs> moments where uh, you know your car is stuck in mud or something like that trying to get out of the parking lot. And if, yeah, if Nestler's too perfect, it won't feel this. <laughs> Some of the charm will go. I think that's totally reasonable. And it's ironic because it might be, by the book, a better broadcast. Yeah. But in essence, in real life, it won't be a better broadcast. Yeah, it'll, it won't be as enjoyable. So you were kind of broken up when Summerall left, right? Yeah, but that was another one. I mean, we've been down this path how many times? Another one of the voices of the childhood. Yeah. Childhood gone. But I really was ready for Summerall to leave. God rest his soul. But I was ready for him to leave the broadcast booth because his broadcast became so painful. All right, I'm going to I'm gonna make up for this. And Vern's not at painful. Vern's not at painful. And I've gone back. You know me. I love watching classic games off the yeah. YouTube as a lot. I'm sure they're not legally on there. Right. I'll watch them at the gym and stuff like that. And there are some games towards the end of Summerall's tenure, <laughs> uh, whether they be giant games or whatever else that I put on, that I could tell you in the moment in the time when I was younger, sitting there loving, loving Summerall and John, that now I watch you know, all these years now in radio. Yeah. All these years. Like, I've been around a long time. And I go... Oh, my God, Summerall was terrible. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a few games. 
Well, they, remember, they took them off all NFL games then just gave them the Cotton Bowl once a year. Yeah. Oh. And so think about some role just preparing for one game a year. And parachuting in. It Real was, rusty. It was Two college rusty. teams he's never watched before. <laughs> and you're there just because you want to hear your pipes, but the actual <laughs> intel just isn't there. We can give them how many packets to read through. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'm trying to think if there was ever a broadcast that I was really bummed out about losing. Like, Vin I'm bummed out about, but I don't hear him on an everyday basis. Keith Jackson kind of stunk when he was out the door. Yeah. Because Keith had not become painful yet either. No, and Keith Jackson was, I think, yeah. the best in my lifetime of setting the scene, if you will. Yeah. Like when he would bring you in, you know, oh, here we are, Tuscaloosa. I'm not doing his voice good. You know what I mean? But he set the scene, I thought, better than anybody nationally in my lifetime. How about Frank Gifford? I get very young when Frank Gifford had his heyday in Monday Night Football. So it didn't do, like, I, I never correlated enough with Gifford. You know who's going to bum me out? Marv. Yeah. Marv will bum me out. And it's kind of interesting because he's not calling finals games anymore, so we've kind of little by little been weaned off Marv. Yeah. But you're right. When Marv is officially done, he's not on any of those TNT games or anything like that. That will stink because he was the voice of the NBA. But it's a good point. Like Al Michaels. That'll bum me out. Because Al Michaels has been he's yeah. done a million things, but really, obviously, his focus has been on the NFL. That'll be a yeah. tough one. Yes. Yes, because you'll always it'll always be synonymous, Michaels, with the big primetime game. Right, definitely. Like, I don't, and I've said this, I think Buck is underrated, but I won't feel that way with Buck, and we still have way too many years to go before that, or even Nance for that matter. Like, I don't I don't know, I don't have that connection when I'm watching the games with those guys calling. Although, t- if Tariko does take over for Michaels, that's, that softens the blow. Definitely. I've become a big Tariko fan. It definitely softens the blow. But I, I don't know, it's still Al Michaels, man. Man, when Buck leaves, I won't shed a tear. I you're very down. down I on will Buck. not. I mean, I'll never be. I'll never, ever, ever be like wistful of the Joe Buck broadcasts. I think. I think Joe Buck, in many ways, because he gets <laughs> killed so much, has now somehow become underrated. I do. Yeah. Okay, but he's not likable. You know. I get. I get the the people that don't like him. I personally like him. I really do. I think he does an excellent, excellent job in the NFL. A lot of people don't like Joe Buck because he comes across as. As snarky. Talk, snarky, talking down to you. He's smarter than you. Condescending, yeah. I kind of find that charming in many oh, ways. Oh, interesting. I okay. do. I do. I like a little Addicted arrogance. hair plugs. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? You know what I like about that? Shows his flaws. He's not nearly as, as arrogant, and, you know, as we thought. When Nant steps away, I can't imagine I'm wistful. No. Ah, I don't know. I don't have that connection. To when Nance. Musburger goes, it's going to be tough, but I don't get to hear much Musburger anymore. Exactly. Another guy like Marv, we've been weaned off of, still there, but we <laughs> yes. don't get as much of him. Weaned off. That's, that's it. It's almost like at the end of the antibiotic when you start taking less and less and less <laughs> to get rid of you. Yeah. I mean, baseball-wise, I mean, Buck's been the voice of baseball for a long time now. I would say Costas. I guess when we've Costas been, leaves the Olympics. We've been weaned off Costas, too. You don't get nearly as much Costas. But you in get, the Olympics. Yeah, I guess. I mean, but then that's only every two years. Yeah. Yeah, what will be a, a broadcaster every single week that you'll... I think it's Michaels, man. I really think Michaels is the next one, and then who knows after that. Marv. Yeah. But again, Marv's not calling the biggest game. I mean, don't tell me it's going to be Kurt Menefee. <laughs> you hate on Kurt Menefee now? Well, I won't be wistful for the Kurt no. Menefee days. Menefee directs traffic in that zoo on Fox every Sunday, let me tell you. Does he? I think he does. And yeah. it, it's so Who's right. better, him or James Brown at directing the traffic? Oh, you know what? Okay, I've got another good one. Let me get your que- answer to this prob- question. It's probably James Brown. I think so. It's I think prob- Brown's a little bit better. It's probably James Brown. 
I felt like Fox when Brown left did that year a buck on the road and said, all right, who can we find a Husky guy that kind of looks like James Brown? Oh, Kurt's over there in New York. Let's call him over. It wasn't a direct transition. Oh, no, they did a one-year traveling road show where the pregame show went to whatever game Buck and Aikman were calling. and Buck And Buck hosted the pregame show from outside the stadium. They weren't in the studios in L.A. that year, if you remember correctly. Oh, boy, I forget that. Yeah. Will you be wistful? I guess you will be when Berman walks away. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I totally forgot about that because it feels like we already bid him farewell on the show. Yeah, I know. You know me, big Berman guy. NFL primetime, maybe the best show ever in the history of television behind The Sopranos. Uh, I loved NFL primetime in its heyday. Uh, the home run derbies will never be the same. <laughs> never be the same. They and, might keep trotting them out for the home run derby. Maybe. And, uh, you know, NFL countdown, man. Berman, that was the original pregame show. They nailed it. Now the NFL Network's kind of, you know, taken over. and uh, Give me Berman, man, every day. Him and Tom Jackson. It was no better football combo to give me my highlights. Well, now that Tom Jackson's gone... Berman has lost his love. Yeah, I, I, you start has he to realize, lost, lost his flicker to live? I think, I think you start to realize how much Tom was actually holding that end of the bargain <laughs> up a little bit. Oh, my God. Hey, we've seen a lot of that with the old and with the news. Yeah. I mean, 50 years from now, we'll be giving Andrew Catalan his farewell. <laughs> <laughs> I will be very wistful for the end of the Andrew Catalan days. <laughs> well, remember those days, only cold was Jaguars, Chargers, and hopefully, you know, 40 years from now, we get some Patriot games. I mean... <laughs> Yeah, but the Patriots will be terrible. That's then. a good point. So maybe he will have some Patriot games. <laughs> the sad part is I'm going to be way old. I'm going to have been phased out way earlier than he will be. <laughs> so he'll be like, oh, boy, remember when DA was actually good? Yeah, back when he was on the air. Instead of just, you know, he's doing uh, Grand Rapids overnights now. Right, doing Nomad from Michigan. <laughs> And then I'll be like, God, I can't believe Catalan still got it, still got it. And he'll be looking at me going, no, he doesn't. No, he, no, doesn't. he doesn't. Remember Summerall at the end? That's Catalan <laughs> at the end. Only Summerall did Super Bowls. <laughs> oh, my God. That's so funny. Well, I, uh, I'm i going to miss Vern, man. And it's such a, like a broadcaster, broadcaster thing. I can't tell Vern tomorrow on the show that I'm going to miss him. Of course, you got to keep it professional. Yeah, but if I saw him in person, I think I would kind of have a moment and be like, "Hey, Vern, you know you've you've been in my living room now for nearly twenty years, oh. and uh, I think you're like the best that ever did it in that realm." Are we gonna get? I just want him back. Are we I, gonna get that out of you? <laughs> Will I cry over Vern in Atlanta once he calls the Big Twelve, uh, the, the uh, SEC championship game? I could see, I could see you telling our bosses now. I need credentials and I need to do Sunday morning football from Atlanta. I got to say goodbye to Vern. <laughs> He's going to do Army Navy. I think that's his final game. Hey, I, I might go. What a farewell, huh? <laughs> I might go. Running the double wing. Yeah. All right. Uh, side B is coming up. I'm going to guess you're going to be talking about your uh, your blue check mark. I, I am actually not. I'm glad you brought wow. that up. Um, I handed the ball to the ref somewhat on that. I'm actually previewing the NHL season with Jay Berman. I handed the ball there. Oh, even better. <laughs> Side B NHL preview. All right. This will be the least downloaded PGP of the year. All right. Side B. Where will the Blue Jackets finish in the West? That's next. Welcome into Side B of the Permission Granted Podcast. I am the executive producer of the DA Show and host of Side B of the Permission Granted Podcast, Sean Mraz. Joint by, he's not a bench guy. We love getting him in the mix every once in a while. 
Sometimes he's bitter, sometimes he's better. Right now, he's just Jay Berman. Jay, how are you? It is great to be back. Great to be back. Great to be back. And the reason I bring you in is with all the college football going on, all the NFL going on, the baseball playoffs going on, there's something that's actually on everybody's mind that we need to get into. Certainly on mine. And that's the start of the NHL season. We're dropping the puck. Get me to the puck. Get me to the puck. Now, I know there are some of you listening who maybe don't care about hockey, but I know there's a fair amount of sports fans out there who don't get their hockey fix on sports radio. Uh, enough so that I respect, because I love hockey, and I know there's plenty of you guys that love hockey. They don't call you Mr. Hockey for nothing. <laughs> That's it. I'm Don Cherry Hellamode on the DA Show. So why not use this time here on Side B of the Permission Granted Podcast? That's right. That's what the NHL season is getting on the DA Show. Side B of the Permission Granted Podcast, the preview, the year. And puckheads everywhere are thankful. They are thankful. Well, Jay, let's just get right into it. Last year... The Pittsburgh Penguins, or should I say just a couple months ago, the Pittsburgh Penguins kind of snapped that streak of the Western Conference dominance, winning the Stanley Cup as they beat the San Jose Sharks and beat them pretty handily. And right off the bat, for all those looking for you know, a repeat champion, which doesn't happen that often in the NHL. In fact, the Blackhawks and Kings runs have often been every other year scenarios, kind of like the San Francisco Giants in baseball. Sidney Crosby has gotten a concussion here in practice and camp. He will not be there for the banner-raising ceremony on the ice for the Penguins. It's the first time in five years that he suffered this kind of hit injury. It happened in 2011, and if you remember, he was on pace to lead the league at points then. And he kind of was derailed and really didn't seem like he was the same Sidney Crosby until maybe the beginning of last season. He kind of has had a career now where injuries have kind of derailed him at times, and we wonder how long... This injury derails him. How big of a deal do you think this is to the Pittsburgh Penguins? Well, I think it's a big deal only because he's had concussion problems in the past. You hope this doesn't linger. Um, I guess the silver lining is it happens in the beginning of the season, so it gives him plenty of time to heal. Uh, But again, you just hope this isn't something that lingers the entire season. You just never know with concussions. And I would say... The best part about it, if you're trying to, as we said, find the silver lining, is is that it becomes it comes in the beginning of the season. True. Now, the other scenario uh, revolving around the Penguins, if you will, is the goalie situation. Because remember last year, Matt Murray really got hot in the playoffs, and, and Flurry coming off the injuries didn't look like the same goaltender. And here they are this year, really didn't move any, either one of those goalies because Flurry has the no-trade clause. And a lot has been made of maybe Matt Murray is the guy who ends up getting drafted by the Las Vegas expansion team at the end of the year in the expansion draft because that would make a lot of sense if if they can't uh, leave Flurry unprotected. If you were the Penguins, how would you approach the goalie situation? Would you just play Flurry because he's been your guy, or is Murray the guy of the future and you you ride him now? I'll answer your question with a question: Who's been the starting goaltender for the last two cups that the Penguins have won? Flurry. Correct. So it's got to be Flurry. Correct. He's not. I mean, he melts down in some of these spots, though. I have you seen? Put it this way. Okay, here's my question. I don't question. want to hear that he melts down. He's won two cups. Okay, that's and, like saying Eli melts down. Right. This scenario isn't fair, but I'll say it. Is there a worse goalie to win two cups in Stanley Cup history than Mark Andre Fleury? I don't know. I, it doesn't matter because he won it. Okay, so you would ride Fleury, and you don't think that could derail? Hundred percent. Hundred percent. All right. Speaking of Sydney, the team is good enough. The team is, assuming Crosby's there, the team is good enough. You're going to get the same production from Phil Kessel this year? Yeah, why not? The guy's a star player. I don't know, man. I, maybe I'm, I think the Penguins. He's a hater. Uh, maybe the Penguins make the playoffs. I'm not buying that they're going to ride deep. I think they're going to run into their problems this year. I really do. And remember, they started off slow last year and got that hot. That young upstart Ranger team is going to put a fork into them. Well, huh? Rangers would be good. That whole division is very good. And we'll get to that in a sec. 
The next moment I wanted to hit on is because I know who doesn't love Edmonton Oiler hockey? Myself and you. Connor McDavid got named the youngest captain in NHL history. He, uh, Wayne Gretzky, Gretzky, Sidney Crosby, two guys Connor McDavid has been compared to, led the NHL in scoring in their sophomore seasons. Jay Berman. Yeah. Can Connor McDavid lead the NHL in scoring this season? I think he can. Do I think he will? Probably not, only because not. I'm not sure that that's a high-scoring team to begin with. Um, they're a weird team. Like they'll I, be improved, but uh, nobody, they could surprise. Nobody, nobody liked that trade they made with the Devils. Well, with trading Taylor Hall. Yeah. No doubt about it. Unless, you know what? Who knows if Hall wasn't meshing properly with some of the young guys? You know what I mean? And you probably yeah, could have got a bigger return. Yeah, they offense for defense. So, obviously, their their mindset is not to score. Their mindset is to prevent the opponent from scoring. True. Okay. Point number three before we hit. I want, We're going to get our predictions here shortly. <laughs> There's something new, a new quirk in the NHL schedule this year. Are you aware of the quirk? Or am I going to deliver the news to you? No, you can deliver some news to okay. me. Okay. In January or February... February, February, February. How would how are we pronouncing it these days? <laughs> Give me. Just, just stick with February. It's February. Yeah. It's not Feb. Why is the R U in there? February? I don't know. I don't know. Stick to <laughs> hockey. All right. Well, in Jan January or February, we get a every team will receive a five day break. In other words, kind of like the NFL uses the bye week. And this was collectively bargained when the NHL switched to three on three overtimes. That starting the season, you're going to get at least a five day break somewhere in there in January, or February. You like that idea? Does it kill momentum? Or do you think every team, or do you like that for every team getting a little rest? I love it. I think it's phenomenal, and I'll tell you why. I think all sports should have what we all consider bye weeks or at least days off. I think uh, as fans, we love them playing every single night, especially hockey, the grueling nature of this sport. Anytime you can get extra time off is a good thing. Yeah, I I tend to agree. What I like about it is they're going with the NFL kind of way of thinking. This will all happen in two months, which is kind of where the NFL bye week happens. But at least they're not completely shutting down like they've done for the Olympics in the past or how the NBA has that extra long all-star break now where you're still going to get hockey in those five days. It just it just depends on what teams are off in those five days. So that's a pretty cool way to go about it. All right. Now that we've bored you with kind of a couple quick hitters. Yeah, you know what? This is boring. Okay, well, let's try to pick up the pace a little bit here. I am expecting this to be one of the least downloaded permission-granted podcasts. Well, that's only because you're on it. Hey, I'm I'm not suggesting that it's because of me or not because of me. I'm just saying. I want a surprise team for you that you think could make the playoffs or maybe be first team out. Well, first of all, half the teams make the playoffs. Okay. All right, so give me a surprise team, a surprise playoff entrant. Entrant or entry? Uh, Either. Um... I'll say a surprise team would be the New Jersey Devils. Okay. Taylor Hole, you just mentioned. Good deal there. My surprise team, I'm going to go with the Edmonton Oilers. I really think McDavid has a good year. I know it's hard to imagine them making the playoffs, but I think they get the last wild card this year and surprise a lot of people. Doesn't mean they'll make a deep playoff run, but I think finally the Oilers are kind of like the 76ers where they've kept bombing and getting all these top picks. I think everything comes together. And the Oilers make the playoffs. How about that? Um, again, half the teams make the playoffs, so I don't think you're going out See, on I this. Mean, come on, have a little fun here. Have half the teams. Uh, half the teams don't make the playoffs, then, right? Teams like the Oilers, I worry about because um, I I don't want them to be too bad for too long because then they'll move from Edmonton. Yeah, and uh, you despite like that. the fact that they just got a new building, I always root for teams like that because I'm not sure about the staying power of the team in that city. Okay, 
Now, every year we see new teams make the playoffs and new t- and teams that have been good or made the playoffs last year miss. So it's kind of part of this exercise. Give me a team from last year in the postseason that misses this year. The New York Rangers. Okay. I have no problem with that. Tell me why. Um, despite the fact that you think that they got younger, they did. I think this is essentially, and you know how I feel about Lundqvist, but this is the end of the line for him. This is this is it. There's not that many chances left, and I think that's too much pressure to put on one guy. And you think they're going to miss the playoffs because of that? Uh, yeah, I, I mean, think it, they could miss the playoffs. I mean, and that's by a the team way, who's had a hundred points. How many years you in are a row depending here? a lot? Well, hundred points isn't what it used to mean. All right, calm down, Mister Hockey. Uh, they don't call me Mister Hockey. They call me Mister Everything because I know a lot about everything. They call okay. They say you know a lot about everything. All right. Well, I mean, that's fine. I'm not. You know what? That's your point. You're going to make. We can argue about that in a sec. I'm going to go with the Florida Panthers. Yeah. Added Keith Yandel. Oh, good last year. That team got by on sticks and stones. May break my bones last year. Don't think they're nearly as good. They don't have enough scoring to be as good. And you're going to count on more input from Yager another year later? I don't like the Florida Panthers this year. And speaking of the Florida Panthers, we discussed this on the DA show when they changed their uniforms and their logo. Terrible. DA didn't like the old logo where the Panther was kind of like jumping out three-dimensional. And now they went with like a, a badge, if you will. Yeah, a shield. A shield. They look like just hideous rugby or soccer uniforms. If anybody's seen them in the preseason. So They're you're bad. not a fan of them either. No. Did you like the old Florida Panther uniforms? No, but um, I, you, they did it for sales. That's the only reason they did it. Nobody cared if the Panthers did or did not cha- change their logo. Kind of like with the Ducks. Like I wish they would go back to the old Mighty Ducks logo. I don't know, with that green, that purple. I thought that was awesome. Like, now I don't really like the Ducks uniforms either. Like, it's okay to be goofy to an extent. And I thought the Florida Panthers jerseys were goofy enough that they got by as nice as the Mighty Ducks ones. I don't like these new ones. I don't, don't be something that you're not. You know what I mean? You're not an original six team with some kind of, you know, shield. I think that's fair. I, I think it's stupid. I think it's silly. I don't like them. I just don't like the design. Now, we couldn't do this without getting a, cu- a Stanley Cup uh, prediction. Okay. Got to get it on the record. My Mariners-San Francisco Giants World Series prediction went through the roof that we taped on the PGP. Mariners really nailed it this year for me. So I'm going to give you a Stanley Cup prediction, and then I'll let you reciprocate. I think the Dallas Stars raised the Stanley Cup, beating the Philadelphia Flyers in the Stanley Cup final this year. Oh, you're giving both. Okay. Yeah. Um, Well, I definitely have my champion. Okay. There's no doubt it's the Chicago Blackhawks. You think the Blackhawks just go back just like that now? Blackhawks are like the San Francisco Giants. Just about every other year they win. So the Blackhawks, okay. I think they're a little different makeup there. I I have them in the playoffs. I'll say Blackhawks, uh, New York Islanders. Oh, come on! (laughs) I'm kidding. I'll take that back. I will say this. You did that last year, which was insane. No, I don't you think that was the, insane. You took the Rangers. They were the fourth no, best team in the East this year. I'm not in love with the Islanders this year. I think they are 100 percent a playoff team, um, maybe around, um, but I don't, I don't, I don't think they're a Final Four team. Um, I don't know who's coming out of the East. It's a great question. At some point, at some point, one of those Canadian teams is going to make a run. There's no way all six don't make the playoffs again. Well, I had Edmonton in the playoffs. I mean, what, Montreal, you think, is going to go Maybe. to a cup? I mean, if you recall, last year, Montreal got off to a start. People were, like, giving them the cup already. That's true. And then they totally bombed out. they totally tanked. They totally fell apart. But something we didn't bring up, they traded their heart and soul, yeah, P.K. Subban. That's a terrible trade. And they got Shea Weber. I mean, yeah. I wonder if that really— A lot really... of people feel good about the Maple Leafs this year. <sighs> I still got bo- to see it to believe I it. I totally agree. I mean, they really didn't do enough with their cap space that they had. How do you feel about the Caps? Because the Caps are basically a regular season team. 
All right, well, the Capitals, I thought, <clears throat> obviously they played different under Barry Trotz, good head coach fit. T.J. Oshie was an excellent addition for them. They had some grit. They they don't have Chimera anymore. He went to the Islanders. Obviously, Ovechkin is, is possibly going to lead the league in goals again. He's just that good. Do they win the President's Cup again? Probably not. They're probably a playoff team. You just don't trust them in the playoffs. You just can't. No, they're, they're not a cup team. I, you know, I'm trying to think of a good comparison in other sports to the Capitals. And I don't that, think either of You know us. what? You know who the Capitals are? They're the Cincinnati Bengals. Ton of yeah. talent, loaded up, and they just they can't get it done in the playoffs. They just can't. Yeah. I think that's a fair comparison. I really do. I, I would not pick them for a, for a Stanley Cup trip. I wouldn't feel confident doing that. I think they make the playoffs. And I wanted to get into this because you mentioned the Islanders missing the Rangers, missing the playoffs. Uh, I went through S.J. Berman burps, as usual, because it wouldn't be a PGP with him on it if he wasn't an absolute slob and a pig and disgusting and not professional. Any thoughts? Comments? Agreed completely. Okay. The Metropolitan Division is by far the hardest division in hockey. You never know. People laughed at the NFC East, and look at the NFC East now. It's true, but when you consider the Capitals, President's Cup winners, Penguins, Stanley Cup champs, Rangers 100-point team. Last year, the Flyers and Islanders both made the playoffs. The Devils taking a big step, hopefully, with Taylor Hall. I mean, the Hurricanes stink, but even the Blue Jackets, people have thought have been decent the last couple of years and really bottomed out. That's a good division. Do you think that they get five teams in with both wild cards coming? Sure. Okay, I agree. And you would say the Rangers are out, so the Devils would be in. Correct. So you think the Capitals, the Flyers, the Penguins, the Islanders, and the Devils. I need to see more for the first half of the season from the Flyers. Just because they made it last year doesn't necessarily mean you put them in automatically. I think they're very talented, man. Gostov Spare, excellent rookie last year, did a lot. Coughing. What is wrong with you? I turned off the mic. All you do is cough and burp, Berman. I've had like this bronchial thing for like two weeks now. you know, when DA's been doing the show, I noticed, too, the updates, you can't stop hacking it up. Yeah, I know. You're well, like John Fass in a big spot in these updates on the overnight. I'm John Fass. <laughs> is that a good Is that how he talks? Yeah, that's how he talks. I like Fass. All right, so that's where we're at here with the Stanley Cup. Now, qu- real quickly, a couple minutes on some regular life situations okay. here. Okay. All right. Can and we I'm, talk about what you did to your wife this That's why I'm going to bury this in the back end so she never hears about it. And I spoke about this in the newsroom. I know you guys like your real life stuff. My wife... This weekend, on Friday night, got unnecessarily drunk when she was out with her girlfriends. I picked her up after work, after we did the show. She proceeded to throw up all over the bathroom, throw up then in our bedroom because she couldn't get up. I yelled at her for this. I gave her a pot pie to try to feed her. Okay, whole, the whole deal. Kept me up for an hour, throwing up the whole deal. I'm trying to watch Steve Young of Football Life. All is said and done, I don't get to bed until 3 a.m., she wakes up sober as a bird at 8 in the morning, five hours sleep now for me, pokes me awake and demands that I go get her a bagel to, you know, feed her. Why didn't you have bagels in a freezer, bro? Okay, first of all, that don't they don't taste good. When you have a bagel store up the block, why would you keep bagels in a freezer? If it was up the block, what's the big deal? We, because here's the deal. If I'm asleep for five hours... You're just a bad husband. That's no, and means. then you're waking me up. Can you just give me a couple more hours so I can enjoy my Saturday? Because now I'm up... Now I'm going to get a bagel, so I'm going to eat that. This is going to take me a little more time to fall asleep again. I didn't get up until 12.30 on a Saturday, and that didn't come from me drinking. She was mad at me that I gave her an attitude and that I, quote-unquote, didn't help her enough. If I see somebody throwing up, I don't care if you're my wife, my mother, my sister, anybody, and they're in need of help, I'll do my best. I'll get you a bottle of water, but I can't stand over there while you're throwing up your guts because that's going to make me throw up. So I don't care that I was abused there. So that, you know, I didn't do my job. 
You seem to think that I didn't do a good enough job. I think you did a terrible job. What would you have done? Paula's never thrown up like that? And you well, never that's funny her? that you bring that up. I got drunk Saturday night, and I lay down on the couch, and she can't sleep until I'm in the bed. She came out, and I was, like, completely out of it. And she's like, oh, my God. I'm like, I'm, I, could, I could puke at any moment now. <laughs> this is touching. She's like, and, she, and she was comforting me. She felt so bad. I could tell that it really hurt her that I was in pain. Nothing, nothing like that from you. No, because you know what? Girls are more caring about that. She probably would have been more caring about, but you know what? I, this is the way I look at it. If you got drunken, I know I've had my moments. You get drunk like that, drink too much, and you got to throw up, that's on you. I'll be there. I'll give you a bottle of water. But what really set me off was two things. Number one, she had no problem throwing up in the toilet the first time. When it came to round two and she couldn't make it and she threw up all over the rug of the bedroom and the whole apartment stinks <laughs> like throw up, I got an issue with that. I'm sorry. I got an issue with that. And I made her clean it up, too. That was it. I wasn't cleaning it up. I wasn't doing any of that. Number three, if you're hungry the next morning, it's not like we're poor. I got English muffins in the house, eggs, anything. She could make anything or ask me to make some. To make me get up and get out of the house when very clearly I'm, not, I'm out of it and I'm not awake yet to go get a bagel, I thought it was a disgraceful performance by her. I really did. All right. Maybe she could have uh, pulled back on that, but still, feel bad for her. All right, I do. And I guess I can't, you know, have too much to drink anytime soon because Dude, of the, the way I handle it. the next time that you're, 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 you know, blowing chunks, it's going to be a bad scene because she's going to treat you like a dog. Well, if that wasn't graphic enough for you, that's how we're going to end it. You can follow Jay Berman and his 900 followers at Jay Berman on Twitter. Why do you always have to go there? Because I make fun of your follower account. All right. You can follow me at Mraz CBS. Hey, hockey and throw-up stories. What more would you want on Side B? Take care. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.